Hi, I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to my adventures in homebrewing. Hey everybody, it's Dan. It's that time once more to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thanks a lot for coming out this week and joining me. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode uh, with me talking about the, the possibility of building a, uh, a new brewery inside of my garage uh, that I'll be going to in my new house that I'll be hopefully someday soon once this place sells. Um, so <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna hold on to that real that really said good vibes because I, I need my house to sell so I can move into my new one so I can build this thing. So yeah, so we had a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and to everybody who's been leaving pictures of your of your setups of your home breweries and things like that on Facebook and also on Instagram who are following me guys thanks a lot uh, I greatly appreciate it excuse me and you've given me more than enough ideas to torture my wife with so thank you so much guys and also to the gentleman uh bill uh i'll be reaching out to you soon enough uh to possibly have you on the show so this week uh i'm returning the favor or not the favor but i'm, I'm being blessed with this presence <laughs> i've got <Liar>. andrew <laughs> i got i got andrew saunders on the, on the line with us today um and we're going to be talking about his podcast, The Homebrew Pub, and also what he's got going on as a homebrewer and things like that. So uh, stay tuned, hang around, and we'll uh, be right back after we hear from the sponsors of Scarpment Lab. Hey, it's Dan here one more time, and I'm happy to say that we are now, or should I say my podcast, is now sponsored by Scarpment Laboratories. Yeast production for the fermentation of the exceptional craft beer. Whether your kit is on the stovetop or in a commercial brew house, Wholesale yeast and quality control for the profitable bro pro brewer. Community engagement and education for the discerning home brewery. If you are a craft brewer and you love using quality yeast, then you really do need to check out Escarpment Laboratories. Dan here one more time to say thank you to the great people over at Brewer's Friend for the fantastic offer they have just given us. For all the new users of Brewer's Friend for their first year, you're going to receive 15% off. That's 50% savings on this great piece of software. And what is Brewer's Friend? Well, Brewer's Friend is a complete recipe designer, brew day planner, and journal. The details make the difference between an average batch of homebrew and a truly ex excellent brew that is repeatable. Brewer's Friend automates the details, guides you through the brewing process, and saves all the data. And how do you get all this fun stuff? Well, once you go in and you sign in and you go to sign up for Brewer's Friend and to get that 15% savings, you need to use the promo code PODCAST. That's all you got to do. When you sign up, Type in podcast for the promo code and you will get 15% off. Again, thank you to the great people at Brewer's Friend for this, and I'll see you on the other side. The BrewTubers online store has everything you need for your brewing apparel and gift idea needs with a growing selection of colors and sizes for hoodies, t-shirts, and caps. Stickers and magnets? Got them. Can holders and coffee mugs, we've got those too. Be the boss of your neighborhood and the envy of brewers everywhere when you flash that beautiful BrewTubers logo at your next local brewing competition. Want everyone to know you're a part of the brew world order? Strike a Superman pose with that BWO logo on your chest and make them all take notice. And if you haven't already, 
Get over to our website at www.brewtubers.com and become a member. Then, just mosey yourself over to that BrewTuber store tab, click on it, and open the door to show the world you are a proud BrewTuber. Brew, record, post, repeat. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, so this week uh, we're going to be talking with Andrew from the home... Uh, Home, homebrew pub podcast i'm having one of those brain fart moments man i'm sorry and and um so um about a week ago i was on andrew's show and we were we hit it off we we're having a great time talking beers and things like that so um this week it's his turn to be on my podcast and talk beer and podcast and and whatnot so andrew thanks a lot for being on the show brother Ah, thank you. And and again, thank you for visiting the pub last week. Oh, I had a great time, man. I had an absolute yeah. blast. It, it was awesome. And that episode, um, I don't know when you're planning on releasing uh, this episode, uh, but on the date we're recording, you are next in line. Nice. I like that. So this will probably be out before my episode on Andrew's show. <laughs> <laughs> So after you guys hear this, go to his, listen to what he what we talk about, then come back, listen to our the show again, and you'll kind of get up to speed of what's going on. So <laughs> it's a story of my life. I'm, I'm all over the place. So yeah, so as you guys can probably tell, Andrew is an import to North America. <laughs> it's a nice way of saying it. It's, it's, nice. it's a very. I actually, I actually uh, make a beer called uh, an Essex import. I'm from the county of Essex in the UK, and I feel like that was a fun name for a British ale that I make. Nice. So, yeah. how did you get into homebrewing? I mean, it, I mean it, it is it a big thing in the UK? So I didn't get into beer until I moved to Colorado. Um, so, like everyone else growing up, would go to the pub. Um, you know, at that point in life, drinking the mass-produced European lagers, um, and that was pub culture. And then moving to Colorado, I moved to Colorado in 08, so just as the craft beer movement was really exploding. Um, and that's what got me into, like, beer flavors I'd never had before with, you know, all the American IPAs and the crazy hops and, and you know, the no boundaries on what flavors you're going to do. Um, but how I got into homebrewing was I used to work in TV and it was a 24 seven gig. And then I left TV and got a regular job. And on my second weekend, I went, I'm really bored. And I, <laughs> I was in the mall with my wife and we went into Williams Sonoma and they had a one gallon beer brewing kit for like 25 bucks on sale. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, Brooklyn Brew Shop, let's do this. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's great, it'll be a fun experiment. And, you know, rose tinted glasses, it was the best tasting beer I'd ever had. I'm nice. not sure I would agree with that assessment now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I thought like, that's par for the course, man. When you really it, is, come, though, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, um, just started doing small one gallons and then got up to five gallon extract and it just quickly became an obsession. And when I spilled over on the stove that we had, I was being given a burner and moved outside. So you're saying and, you were banished to the garage? 
I was I'm not even the garage. I was banished to our backyard. Like we couldn't Ooh. fit. My, so I brew outside. I have an electric system, and mm-hmm. my my uh, special two twenty volt plug is outside on the patio. Like that's where I brew. Damn. All right. Yeah. Your wife, your wife doesn't like you. <laughs> it's more access to water in an old house. Ah, right. so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like you were saying, it's it's kind of weird. You do that first brew, and you think, "Oh, this is this is the end all be all." Mm-hmm. And as you start getting more and more and more into it, you're like, "What the hell was I thinking?" <laughs> I mean, I admit. When, when I got into it, and I've told this story more than once on the show, um, is that when I start getting into homebrewing, my wife went and bought me my first beginner's kit, like with the bucket, the paddle, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Cooper's liquid, liquid malt extract, so that the kit, everything comes, everything comes in the can. All you got to <laughs> do is add water. So, um, and I did that. I followed the directions the best I could. I boiled it. I swamp cooled it. So basically swamp cooling is you put it in your sink that you cold water and ice all the way around it to try and bring the temperature down as fast as you can. And as gently as you can, if you can. Um, And then from there, it was just, you know, you add the yeast and I didn't have, didn't have a a lid or an airlock for it. So, So I'm like, What's the harm? Got got out the old saran wrap over the top, bungee cords around it. Oh god. And I'm like, perfect. Nothing's gonna get out of this. And I think I told you that I had uh my son at the time, uh, who was like just learning to walk, fingers getting into it through the <laughs> plastic, my dog poking his face in through the plastic. Then I was like, yeah. why is it growing mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> So it was like, all right, uh, we're not going to drink that. And down it went. Tried yeah. again. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's drinkable. Gave some to friends. And they're like, oh, my God, get rid of this now. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So that's how I started. I mean, yeah. are you doing like all grain now? Or are you still doing yeah. like? Uh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, no, I, um, so been brewing for about 10 years, so I will occasionally use extract to bump up the gravity of a beer, mm-hmm. um, but generally I do, I just do all grain, um, I've been doing that for probably, I got into all grain about two years into brewing, it scared yeah. me for a long time, because it was like, oh, just with the syrups and the kits, I can't go wrong, and I mean you can uh, um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but no it's uh going to all grain and i i you know i think there's absolutely room for extract and that's a great way to like get a quick brew day out and you can make fantastic beers with it um but there's something about for me doing all grain just you feel like you have a bit more control i think yeah absolutely i mean <clears throat> i find with um all grain there's a little bit more flexibility. So if you're low on one, you can adjust with something else. I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll adjust other color flavor or maybe alcohol content. That's, that's, that's fine because you're taking notes to know what you did so you can keep track of everything. So like, if it turns out great, you can reproduce it. Yeah. And if it's not, well, you know what not to do. But you can't do that with LME because once it's there, that's that's it. You just that's it. That's it. You just gotta 
add the water, boil the crap out of it, and then hope to God it works. Yeah. But I mean, that prevent that presents its own challenges as well, because I think there's a lot of people who think LME and DME have a certain taste to it. Mm -hmm. And so then what do you do to your beers to, um, you know, try and not mask it, but at least have it playing in a, in a set of flavors. Hammer it with hops. Yes. <laughs> Hammer with hops and adjuncts. I am a big oh. adjunct guy. Oh, no, 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 I, I tend to go along that that philosophy as well because when we heard on my, on your show with what some of the crazy things I've got going, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I don't add in like rice or corn. Only time I add rice or corn is if it's a uh, corn would be if I'm doing a Mexican uh, uh, cerveza mm-hmm. or Mexican lager. That's it. That's the only time I add any of that stuff. Other than that, mm-mm. it's if I'm saying it's. Uh, say like a cucumber wheat beer it's a mm-hmm. proper wheat beer but i'll i'll put real cucumber in it and ferment yeah. it out and that, that, that that's me though i mean i always feel that at least some of the more popular craft breweries now as they get more popular and things like that they tend to think, think okay this beer is really popular what can we do to get it reproduced quickly similar with less effort and yeah. that's when they start throwing in the adjuncts and things like that. And some sometimes it works, and other times just like, what did you do to the beer? It's it's crap now. Yeah. Well, and it's so. I mean, when I'm talking adjuncts, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking necessarily throwing like the syrups in there. It is the you know the cucumber. I mean, I wouldn't do cucumbers because I don't eat them. But but it is like the cucumbers, the you know the the teas and and everything. Yeah. But I agree with you because I forget what the brewery was, but they made those like fruit beers that they then had to like put out into the world be like yeah get them close to freezing or Mm -hmm. don't open them because they'll explode and i've made fruit beers with real fruit and not a great thing to do i learned the hard way when bottle conditioning it's all it's all about learning but um and you can do it. I mean, I had some successes doing it, but then there are other times where they weren't bottle bombs, but they were so carbonated. Yeah. Like even Coca-Cola was going settle down now. Wow. And you couldn't really taste anything because all you got were the bubbles on your tongue. So were you using priming sugar or are you doing so much, so much table sugar per bottle? Uh, I was probably back then. I think I was using priming sugar. It was either that or DME. Okay. Cause I mean, I, I will admit there are some beers that I still bottle condition. Like I have a cherry lambic that I bottle yeah. condition, but I use the uh, Cooper's uh, carb drops mm. and I've never had a bottle bomb with those and the yeah. beers, beers turn out perfectly carbonated each time. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a big learning curve for me. Cause I know when I first started doing it, uh, I wasn't using priming sugar. I was using, straight up table sugar yeah like a teaspoon per per bottle so here i am with a measuring spoon going uh okay it, oh, 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 oh wait a minute you didn't go in all the way get 
sweep that little bit in there and yeah. then the, <laughs> i mean come on i, I mean I, I admit i had bottle bombs where some like you as soon as you open the top it hit the ceiling um yeah. or uh I, I i i rolled the dice on this and i actually bottle conditioned inside of a growler Ooh, i rolled the i dice. have done that as well yeah. yeah i rolled the dice so as i was doing this i put them inside i put like the, i had two or three growlers i put them inside of a bucket then i put then i put the lid on then i put a um know the those like enamel black canning pots you can get yeah so i filled that with water set that on top of the lid yeah. should anything go boom <laughs> it was contained i was gonna say did it go boom no it didn't oh nice it didn't i think it's because i left enough uh headspace yeah that i had somewhere to go and mm -hmm. then yeah it worked out i mean i, I was impressed very nice yeah. yeah no i i can't i don't think my growlers turn into to bombs um my i made a really strong stout uh, it was like a nine percent stout and i totally um i should have used a calculator you can get wonderful like uh primary sugar calculators online um but in the end i would just stand out of my driveway and crack a bottle and like just watch the fountain display but, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like drinking something else. My wife would be like, "Are you coming in anytime?" I'm like, "No, nah, it's got three more, babes. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm just having displays." So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny how like in the moment right now we can laugh about it. Oh, but at the time. But at the time, you're like, "Son of a!" Either you're extremely angry, or you're or you're like extremely sad, and you're like, "Yeah, what the hell?" You know? Yeah. But I, I think mean, that's. I it's part of the journey of thing. It is. And I mean, like one of the one of the worst brew day moments, and I think I mentioned this in, in when we spoke last time, but one of the worst brew day moments I ever had was it was right at the beginning of quarantine. And so I was gonna make two batches of beer. That was gonna be my quarantine beer. This was in the good old days when we thought it'd be like a month and mm -hmm. everything would be good. Oh, those innocent times. And <laughs> <laughs> Both beers got infected. Oh. And I know exactly what the infection was. It was um, it was uh, chloramine in the water, I think it was. So mm -hmm. that's when I learned about using Camden tablets. Um, and it was just one of those heartbreaking moments. And I mean, granted, we all thought the world was ending and, you know, all heightened emotions. Mm -hmm. But that was like, I've had infections before, but to have two with the exact same infection. Like I'm calling up the brew hut, which is my local brew shop. And the guys there are very sweet and understanding and like, okay, what's it taste like? What well, tastes like this? Like, oh, it's this. Mm. It's like, okay, you're that good that you can identify it. And since using the Camden tablets, I've never had that off flavor since. Yeah, Camden tablets, I always use them regardless of whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, uh, <clears throat> what was this? Uh, before I decided to sell the house, um, <laughs> uh, I, I had got a brand new spike 14 gallon fermenter. Yeah. Nice. And I put about 12 and a half, 13 gallons worth of Schwartz beer into it. Yeah. Cooling coal, everything. Uh, I had the blow off tube 
going into a bucket of sanitizer that was full to the top, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay, great. I'm letting it do its thing, coming back, checking the tilt hydrometer, everything else, come back one day. And I looked, I'm like, why is the sandy bucket empty? <laughs> suck back? Uh, no, it wasn't suck back. Someone banged it and didn't tell me. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. You can handle suck back. It's the oxygen yeah. that'll kill you. Exactly. I mean, I didn't care if it got sucked back because uh, I've had it happen before and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but all that oxygen got, I'm like, oh, let's roll the dice and see what happened. So, and I'm, and I moved it over into the bright tank. I'm like, okay, it's looking okay. So, okay, so far put it into two different kegs, put one on tap, let it sit, whatever else. I'm, I'm first pour it, like, oh, it looks a little chunky, not a big deal. Dump it out. That, that happens. You're going to have sludge in the butt. So yeah. it's, it's a given. Kept pouring, kept pouring. I was like, this has got to stop sooner or later. Keep pouring, keep pouring. And I was like, Pfft. I'm like, I just, <laughs> I just poured the whole keg. Oh, God. And I'm like, if this is the case for this, it's going to be the exact same thing for that one over there. So there was like almost 14 gallons worth of Schwartz beer dumped down the drain. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so now it's like note to self. Once I get into the new place, I'm getting a proper blow off cane. Dedicated, yep. dedicated buckets to make sure they're constantly filled and no one touches my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough that is that is a good rule i I mean i don't know do you have kids no okay you're you're i love my kids but you're lucky (laughs) they they are not on the horizon there you go (laughs) i mean i i I, don't get me wrong i love my kids my my boy is a very smart lad um he's going into his last year university my daughter's going into her first year university so i've got we got one out of the house i'm just trying to get the other one out and (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I, did I did I get a little aggressive with that? I'm sorry. Um, I was trying to gently push her out. Encourage. 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 Go, go see the world. Yes. And yeah, you have wings. <laughs> Fly. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's it's one of those things where because I had to bring everything in from outside because yeah. it, when it gets into like sub zero temperatures here, regardless whether or not something is able to be. Uh, out in the cold that cold it'll break yeah and i i have this great glycol chiller and i'm not willing to risk it getting oh no no broken. especially with Noah, how much those things cost this one was was enough because it's yeah. it's a four vessel system everything's internalized so basically brew built has is the ice max ice master ice max four where all the pumps, everything are all internalized into the unit. So, so you don't have to buy anything else with it. Wow. And, and each one is in each tank is individually controlled by different a controller that's on this thing. Yeah. So it's like I can I can run one vessel or I can run all four independently at different temperatures, which is fantastic. Yeah. Which has come in handy. <laughs> so <laughs> So, so yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where now it's just like, I want to get my own space again, get everything out of the basement. I want to get brewing again. And it's a bit of a pain, but yeah. enough, enough rambling. Let's talk about your show. <laughs> how, did you, how, how did you come up with the idea for the homebrew pub? 
Yeah. Um, so I have run, so this is like my second homebrew podcast. Uh, me and my homebrew buddy, Tyler, we used to run, I say used to, we're just on a bit of a hiatus, but we run uh, pop culture brews where we would uh, take pop culture, like movies, books, mm-hmm. anything, and uh, we would brew a beer for it. And so oh, like nice. a couple of examples would be, um, like Weekend at Bernie's, we made a Mai Tai rye beer for okay. um, Spinal Tap. We made an 11% stout, you know, the, those kind of things. It was really did, fun and did the, silly. Did, did the drummer explode? <laughs> you felt like it after you drank a couple of those. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful beer and I put that on Nitro, so it was like extra dangerous. Um, and then um, when, so I got really sick at the beginning of this year. Um, like, I don't know if it was COVID or what, but it was just awful, knocked me mm. out. Um, and I was just really thinking about um, what I really wanted to talk to people about. On, on podcasts and things and because brewing a beer for every episode i'm sure you can appreciate gets very tiring and very like stressful and so i wanted to kind of remove that and uh so i just realized i wanted to talk about homebrewing with homebrewers mm-hmm. um and so really the conceit is um we're in a mystical pub where every beer on tap is a beer made by a home brewer and each episode we just sit and talk about everyone's approaches to homebrewing. And what's been wonderful is I haven't had any repeated stories of people's approaches, how they formulate recipes. Nice. Um, I think I told you, you were the first person to bring up um, cleaning and sanitizing. Um, The common through thread is a lot of people don't like hazy New England IPAs. I have one defender. Um, I wonder why. (laughs) and then uh we just talk about the beer that they're adding to the tap list um so we've had some really great beers added um julia has of the aha i want to say added a cherry chica stout which she just put out on the aha i saw that i saw that it looks good it looks really good speaking of extract beers i was surprised when i saw his extract um And we also talk about the worst beer you've ever brewed because I think that's equally as important as mm-hmm. your your house beer. Um, and then what I love to end the show on is like, what would be your perfect brew pub? Like, what would it be called? What would the vibe be? Um, and yeah, it's just really it, it's a really informal kind of like this, but just like a very informal chat about homebrewing. All right, so. We're gonna we're gonna take a riff on your on your show. Okay. So tell us about your ideal pub if you could make it. The beer that you've screwed up on. <laughs> the beer that you really love to make and make repeatedly. Okay. And any potential crazy projects coming down the line. Okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, we're going in reverse. I like that. Um, so my brew pub would be a brewery bookshop. Um, it's one thing I've always wanted to open is even if it wasn't a brewery, like I went the bottle shop route, but it would be a place where people could come sit, read, chat, have a beer, have a coffee. Um, I wouldn't want it to, I'd want it to feel like a cross between like a bar and a pub Mm -hmm. without necessarily the focus being, you've got to come and have a beer there. Um, I would like you to, but if you just want to come and have a Coke and read, 
do that too. Mm -hmm. um, but weirdly, I'd probably call it Sleeping Fish because that's the name <laughs> of my home brewery, <laughs> which is uh, which is a Godfather reference of Luca Brasi sleeps with the sleeping fishes, with so. the fishes. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, so yeah, that and uh, we would have vinyl playing all day. There wouldn't be any oh, wow. screens nice. in the place because I. You know, other than um, in the UK, other than um, big sporting events like uh, the World Cup and, and the Major League Football, um, you don't really have screens in pubs. Uh, you're there to really like chat and connect with people. Whereas you come here, depending on the bar, I don't want to like paint them all with the same brush. Um, you're just inundated with screens everywhere. So I like that idea of yeah. getting away from screens. Yeah. Um, Worst beer, I'm going to try and think of a different beer because I've talked about it a couple of times on, on the Homebrew Pub. Um, I made, oh, this is one of my early experiments and it was a one gallon and it was a jalapeno beer. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know why. I I got, I living in Colorado, you have to love green chili and then other states will tell you your green chili sucks, but Colorado green chili is amazing. And, um, you know, we, again, a flavor that I wasn't really accustomed to in the UK. So I really just dove into it. I was like, I'm going to make a jalapeno beer. And it was revolting. Um, I yeah. used way too much jalapeno for a one gallon batch. Ooh. And um, <laughs> very hot and just unpleasant. Like you couldn't taste the beer. Did you call it feel it twice? Um, I, I called it punishment, um, because I made myself, <laughs> fortunately, one gallon batches, you get 12 bottles. You didn't so... make yourself drink all 12 bottles, did you? I did. Oh, you sick bastard. <laughs> I know. Well, so, um, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's, uh, the episode with Denny Khan, he has this thing of like, life's too short to drink crap beer. Like, why would you drink that? You idiot. And exactly. I was like, yeah, I know that now. But at the time I was like 20, uh, God, what was I? I was like 27 and we weren't earning very much money. So I was like, well, I can't waste this beer that I made. And um, now I'd be like, yeah, that's just yeah, getting it's gone. Dumped. Yeah, no, yeah. don't. No. That's yeah. bad, 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 bad. Um, but then I think the beer does. So I have my house beer, which is an English mild. Mm -hmm. um which if you listen to the shakespeare episode of pop culture brews that's where that was inspired by it's an old british style mild um very biscuity that's one of my flavors it's it's such a nice drink and it's like 3.9 percent, something mm -hmm. really light um but the beer that made me realize that i kind of know what i'm doing and can experiment and improve uh, is my Earl Grey American Wheat. Oh, cool. Um, and where I've expert like the evolution of it was, you know, I started by putting tea bags in the boil. That doesn't work. No, um, you got to put it in the fermenter. Put it in the fermenter. So like soaking 20 tea bags of Earl Grey in vodka and then throwing them in the secondary, let it sit for a week. Um, but then experimenting with the types of tea, even down experimenting with the yeast. Like I love Saison's. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't like saisons. Don't blame her. Um, I, you know, it's one of those flavors. It, to me, it's a lot like uh, dark beers. 
like you can find like oh, the yeah. couple you like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You, you're no, talking to, you're talking you're talking to my wheelhouse. <laughs> but like and I think saisons are the same way. Like there's you can go too far with saisons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but what I discovered the best yeast to use with it is uh California lager yeast fermented at ale temperature. So you're basically making a lagered ale. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're basically making a, a steam beer with yeah. um, uh, an American wheat grist and uh, a bunch of El Grey thrown into it. Not bad. That sounds pretty cool, man. It's fun. Um, yeah, and so um, uh, that, I did that for the Hitchhiker's Guide episode for um, Pop Culture Brews. If you if anyone visits that that podcast, there's like sixty plus recipes you can just steal from the show notes. Well, if you want to share that one, fire it over to me, and I'll put it up in, in the descriptions of this episode. That way, we oh, can, pe- people can go have a look and gander and see if they're brave enough to try it. Guys, I highly recommend you try it. I have no doubt it is a fantastic beer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's the, the story behind that one was we were at a. We're at a beer festival in Breckenridge, which if you've ever drunk at altitude, even from Denver, it hits you. Lord, yes. And we did the VIP pass, which meant you got 10-ounce pours, and we get the VIP tent. And in the VIP tent, Breckenridge Brewery had an old gray beer. And I am led to understand that I just kept going back. And I don't know how many of those I had, but apparently I really, really enjoyed it. And... (laughs) And uh, the the next weekend, I I tried making it. Um, nice. But what's been really cool about that beer is we've I've had it featured in um, a local brew pub here. They put it on tap. Like we brewed up uh, twenty gallons of it, I think, just for an evening. Um, and that one's probably the one I'm most proud of. That sounds really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you can play with the tea as well. Like some people love twining. I use a local tea brand here. So it's like, you can, there's so much to experiment with that beer. It stands up to a lot of punishment. Yeah. So for me, it's, I, if I'm going to be adding stuff to it, I usually lean towards using um, fruit purees. Mm-hmm. So when I did my cherry lambic, I, requ- I think I told you this, I think it, it required like almost 12 pounds of cherry puree. Oh God. So that was easy about yeah. $80 worth of puree right there. Mm-hmm. So on that, then I just transferred the, the beer on top of that and just let it do its thing. And it's such a deep, deep red. It is redonkulous. Yeah. But it turned out so good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it took like four yeasts to make it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So when you're when you're brewing with puree, because I've never actually be, I've never actually brewed with puree. You're just like putting it in the bottom of the fermenter and yep. racking beer on top of it. Yep. And is the beer fermented? No, nope, beer's fermenting on top of it. It's, okay, so you're putting it into primary. Yeah. So how do you? I mean, is there a risk of infection there, or is it through the pureeing process? So when you get the puree, because they're already like, I was getting. Initially, I was getting it from a company in Florida. Of all, I, I, I searched everywhere for this stuff until I finally found it a little bit closer. But there's a place in um, in Florida. The company is called Aseptic, and you yeah. can buy you can buy it in small homebrew bags or it buy the like large barrel. Mm-hmm. I didn't need a barrel. So so they come hermetically sealed. So there's nothing getting inside that's already 
pasteurized, sanitized, oh, anything okay. that's in it, it's already dead. So you could just pour it straight into your fermenter, rack on top of it, right out, out of the kettle if you want, mm-hmm. and go from there. And I mean, that's what I did with um, the Lambic. But normally when I do things like, say, like my blueberry cream ale or whatever, I'll let it go for a week and then I'll add the puree into it mm-hmm. and then let it do its thing. Okay. So, I mean, it, it works great. Do you have to account for um, extra troop? A little bit. I mean, when I did the Lambic, uh, just do the fact how much puree I had to use. Uh, you know, like the different sizes of demijohns you can get? Mm-hmm. I got the biggest one possible. So that was like, oh yeah, it's only 35 liters. I'm like, it's okay. That's what I need. <laughs> and they're like, what? Just, just just give it to me. Just give it to me. And they're like, what are you making? I'm making a lambic. I'm like, say no more. Yeah, we understand. <laughs> so in goes that, in goes the beer. And then I started off with a uh, Belgian saison yeast to mm-hmm. start the fermentation. Let that go for a week. Then goes in a lack then a belgian sour yeast lactose bacillus mm-hmm. and then about and this is this is taking about almost a month month and a half to make this beer and then down to the last three weeks you put pediococcus in and then you cap it's for long-term souring oh okay you cap it like the airlock and you just let it go until there's no more activity in that airlock but holy crap, I thought I had a big enough vessel. It oozed through the top. Really? Oh, yeah. It was nuts. Absolutely uh, nuts. But whoops. But it turned out really, really well. Yeah. I always love it when I see just all that crap coming through, like the uh, the blow off juice. It's like, that is some healthy ass yeast. <laughs> oh. So it's, it's not my story. This is a story. A story of our the brewery I work at. We make a, a New England IPA called Shag and Wagon. Classic. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's it's a riff on uh, Dumb and Dumber, the, their van. Yeah, the dog van. We, <laughs> so, so I won't say anymore. Mockingbird. Um, there you go. Um, and then um, we use a yeast from a company called Discovered Labs, and the yeast is called Foggy London mm. Ale Ale yeast, and. And I was telling you about this yeast too, that it, it'll, they'll rip through wart like a homebrew size and within mm-hmm. a day and a half, done. So Crazy. when we first started making this beer with this yeast, it we had like the five gallon bucket with the actual, like the sandy in it, the blow off tube going into it. It blew up and over the bucket, all over the floor. It was like, honestly, it was everywhere the next morning. <laughs> It was brutal, but from that we learned. Well, okay, well, there's little things we need to do to make sure <laughs> things things don't go nuts. Yeah, and there was like this small minor adjustments, that, like one to how much you pitch and things like that, because the guys were actually going, okay, we've got like this big ass, I don't know, five gallon jug, blop, in you go. Yeah. So you live and learn, and especially when you're just, especially when you're you just learning how to use your commercial brewery stuff. So yeah. you, you learn to take notes and things like that. But yeah, this, it was all over the floor. Like I was going in with a shovel, scooping up the troop. Oh and, my God. And putting it, putting into like buckets and dumping it down the storm drains. Yeah. 
it was crazy. It was brutal. And what's the name of the yeast you use? It's foggy London. Uh, the the manufacturer. Escarpment Laboratories. Okay. I don't know if you can get them down in, down in Colorado. I, I've not seen them. We have, I mean, obviously we get a lot of white labs. We get the white yeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of the local ones. I haven't seen them for a while, but Inland Island were here. And yeah. then Propagate. Um, they're local. Um, and Propagate are great because it's like double the amount of yeast per bottle. So, so one, one thing I don't understand is because, um, do you know who uh, Sarah Flora is? Yes. So Sarah put out a video a while ago when she was trying to, I think, uh, replicate a, a beer called La Fin de Monde, mm-hmm. which is a like a really nice beer from Montreal. Mm-hmm. And to help reproduce the beer, she used this uh, yeast from a Scarlet Laboratory. So if they can get it out of California. Should be able to get it in it Colorado. Yeah, she'll be able to get it down in Colorado. Unless she special ordered it. I mean, possibly. She, she, she is a big deal. She's a big deal. She is. Yeah. It's like, like I, I, a lot of my stuff that I have is I got off of watching her and uh, Brian from Short Circuit Brewers mm-hmm. uh, to help warp my mind around what I needed for, <laughs> for, for, for her equipment. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing what's out there nowadays. I mean, when you look at things that, from when we first started, you would never you would never think, well, I'm going to get a stainless steel fermenter. I'm going to get a glycol chiller. You're like, I got a bucket and a glass carboy. What more do yeah. I need? I just spent two hundred bucks on a starter kit. That's all I'll ne- never need. It's exactly. a one time cost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things I find about this hobby is like once you go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. there's no coming back yeah well and i think like and i don't want to be unfair but you can tell the difference between you know people like us who we get into brewing we get the sickness and then you get the home brewers who might brew every summer because they think it's like a fun way to spend a weekend and they're the guys who bring you their beer and work and you're just like mm-hmm good try good 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 job like yeah yeah Yeah. and i I, as i say i don't want to be mean or or unfair but it's like you know the more you do something the more you improve and um yeah it's it's interesting to see like just the vast range of difference in equipment that different brewers will have like a friend of mine he's on like a multi-thousand dollar system his beers are immaculate um Yeah, he he makes the most technically brilliant beers I've I've ever drunk. Um, my system, you know, including kegs and my fermenters, I mean a couple of grand, but like his is yeah. multi dollars on just the kettles and the pumps and everything. So you know, you can make very good beer with varying degrees of equipment. It's oh, yeah. the amount of time you spend doing it. So I, I I will admit to this I am a gadget geek gadget horror uh, whatever you want to call it obsessed and I watch a lot of YouTube especially when it comes to Keglin mm-hmm. and Key from Keglin just re- released uh, their their nano system three oh. vessel three vessel nano system and it's set up like an actual kind of like you would see in a brew house where you've mm-hmm. got a platform in between the vessels. 
So you've got the HLT, the mash, oh my god, and, and, and the boil kettle with the control panel. And I was like, damn. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, how much is that gonna hurt the wallet? Yeah, but it's also like, how much beer are you drinking? And can you really drink that amount? Don't challenge well, like, me. Don't challenge well, me. Well, I mean, I, I will take that challenge. Oh, absolutely. Well, like, you know, my, my doctor has told me off on my liver more than once. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, I mean, how many gallons is that brewing? So you're looking at roughly a barrel. So you're looking at a hundred a barrels, but what, 113 Point two liters per barrel. So thirty-three gallons. Yeah, I'm translating for uh, for us that don't do metric. <laughs> You're from the UK. You should be doing metric. I know I should be doing metric, but I learned to brew here. It's no excuse. Yeah, I know. I'm a <laughs> I'm a big disappointment to my family that I don't know metric. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of your favorite beers that you get from your local home from not your whole local homebrewers but from your local breweries Ooh, local breweries uh so my absolute i love how you like save me from embarrassing myself from like gallons to, to liters i appreciate that <laughs> um i gotta try somehow <laughs> <laughs> um so there's a really we've got some great great local breweries here um my personal favorite is platt park brewing uh, they make this Madagascar cream ale, which is a vanilla cream ale on Ooh. nitro, surprisingly strong, deceptively strong, because like you approach it like you're drinking like a Guinness or a Boddington's, which are low ABV. Mm-hmm. This is just shy of seven, and you're like knocking it nice, back. Nice, nice. Uh, another really good one. Um, one right by me is Fiction Brewing. Um, and they make beers inspired by books. So you get some really crazy fun things out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make this lovely uh, honey wheat ale, which is inspired by Winnie the Pooh, of course. Um, and then uh, a lovely, a really great place that I recommend everyone go to um, is Kuchaluna, um, where they actually are outside of a brewery here that is run and operated by a Brit and makes amazing car scales, which is called, um, not called Wams, Hogshead Brewing. Mm-hmm. Called Wams is also fantastic. Chaluna makes the most authentic British ale I have had outside of the United Kingdom. Really? Yeah, it's, it's... Is it like open fermenters and everything or...? No, no, it's the, the, the thing that gives it away is how much is carbonated. Uh, but um, I have this theory that a lot of uh, British ales made in the States are hopped like British ales, uh, like, uh, like American ales. So yes, um, the maltiness takes a backseat to hop flavor, yeah. whereas it's reversed. And they it's multi it's light it's just such a delicious beer for like all seasons um they also make a 10 percent ipa that they serve in a full pint which i didn't know it was 10 percent one day drinking with my in-laws and um yeah i had to apologize for getting very very sloppy so <laughs> i never apologize <laughs> fortunately my father-in-law was drinking them as well so. there you go i mean i i, I I've always enjoyed British beers. I mean, we have a uh, 
we have a brewery here that's maybe about 45 minutes away from where I live and they do open fermenters mm. like traditional brewing styles from from the UK uh they use believe it or not they use ringwood for the oh, wow. use so if anything gets in there it's it's dead it's in there <laughs> it's it, it's dead yeah. and uh and it's it's been great and then um I actually made friends with the guys at Brewdog in oh yeah in in scotland and i came back and i was looking at trying to uh reproduce one of their beers whatever else and my boss comes up to me and says i'm not brewing at home anymore because i've got this big place set here um mm-hmm. do you want this and he hands me the brew dog recipe book yeah and i'm like does it bear shit in the woods <laughs> of course i want this give this to me give it I said, well, do you want, I'll give you something. He says, no, no, just take care of it. Enjoy it. Use it. So right now it's like every time I open it up and I'm like, do, do I actually try and make this beer uh, or do I take the chance of making it and bastardizing it? Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's like two styles of beer that not styles, I guess two regions of beers that I totally enjoy the UK and Germany. Those yep. are my like the beers that I I tend to gravitate to the most. And that's, that's me. I mean, I, I think everyone has their own region in the world where they like where the beer comes from, be it a Trappist, be it a Belgian ale, uh, be it a Pilsner from Czech, from a Czech Pilsner or German, Italian, whatever. Everyone has that one beer. And I hope to God people aren't saying Coors Light and Budweiser. <laughs> Because then I just got to say, just get a glass of water and get it over with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're technically perfect, but they're full of crap. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, cause I mean, I'm, I'm from Coors country. Um, but mm. you know, to your point about people loving a region of beer, I can't tell you how spoiled I am growing up in, or not growing up, but living in my favorite region of beer. As much as I love like British ales and always want to have a good one on tap, and Germany, obviously, um, I am, I am not the hop head I used to be, um, but I think as the beer industry in Colorado has grown, people have gotten braver. The the lagers we're producing right now, which is obviously the big trend that is coming up, um, there's a brewery here called Upslope Brewing. I've heard uh, yeah, that I want to say they're just outside of Boulder. Um, fantastic beers, but their lager um, is mine and my wife's favorite lager. And we were talking to uh, one of the brewers there uh, one day, and they were like, "Yeah, we always score really low in competitions with it." We're like, "Why? Why did Budweiser win the lager at GABF and you didn't?" He's like, "Because we're not to style. Like it is a lager by definition." Yeah. but it's not to style and um i love breweries breaking styles mm-hmm. that's partly why because i you know i didn't like a lot of lagers for a long time because my mind went back to stella artois and Grolsch oh, okay. and yeah. 64, my yeah. childhood um and so drinking that one and now a lot of breweries there's one here called arms 
their lagers are phenomenal. Like yeah. I will go through, I won't have their IP, I'll drink all of their lagers. Um, and we got Bierstadt here that has a five minute poor pills, um, which is mm. just phenomenal. And that's probably completely to style and contradicting what I'm saying. But like that's the exception that proves the rule that as all these breweries are breaking rules, tweaking, bastardizing, it's just such a great scene. Yeah. I mean, where I am at right now, we have roughly about between, I think, between 45 and 50 craft breweries in our region. Yeah. And it's like phenomenal. Like, like, what do I feel like today? I feel like getting some German beers. And I got two really great German brewers close by. And nice. I was like, and I was like, well, do I do I feel like going out the car? But yeah, well, let's let's go down and see the guys down at Ashton Brewing Company and pick up some ESB and everything else. <laughs> I mean, whenever I go to the UK or when I go visit my friends in Scotland, I should say. Mm. Well, you can say yeah. UK for Scotland. Okay. So when yeah, I go you, to yeah, you can't yeah. say England for Scotland. No. No 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 no, 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 get upset. No, 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 no. If you want to live, you don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I go to the UK and I see the got my friends down in Edinburgh or out in Ely or in St. Andrews, the beer I always tend to gravitate to is Bellhaven's Best. Mm, I'm not sure I've had that. Do you remember a beer called Caledonian Best? Yes, I do. It's been rebranded as Bellhaven's Best. Oh, okay. Because Bellhaven bought Caledonian. Gotcha. So I always tend to gravitate towards that one because it's like I can't get it here, yeah. For some reason, I can get Bellhaven Stout and things like that, but I can't get Best. So that is the one beer like I've tried to recreate. It can mm -hmm. I can never get it close. Never, yeah. never, 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 never. I wonder because I don't know the water profile up there, uh, but I'm just wondering yeah. if it's their best. I wonder if it just doesn't travel. Um, I think part of it is 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 water uh, profiles because I know when I did um, what was it uh, a bass clone I had to use Burton water salts. Yep, and I had to do that because it's uh, Burton on Trent, whatever else, you know, freaking yep. water. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> oh God. It's like I have like there's a series of books where you go hops, malt, water, and yeast. Yep. The only book I don't have is water. Yeah. Why? I'm not that smart. No, and it's so annoying because I'm I'm the same way. And again, I'm lucky. Other than the Cameron Tabas, I don't have to do much to my water here. Like Denver has very good water. Yeah. Um, it's why we make all the beer. But um okay <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's the most important ingredient and the one i would argue that most of us are most ignorant about yes absolutely and i flick through that book it's no joke oh god I, I i borrowed it from a friend and i was like oh my god my my i got through the first five pages like i have a migraine yeah and i was like I, I i can't i mean like i'll go by Whatever I profile I have, I'll follow the profiles. It's telling me to add stuff. I'll add it, go from yeah. there. But even at that, I like where I'm at right now, uh, the water here in Ottawa is is great. I really don't need to add anything to it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, going out to the country where I'm going, I'm going to be on a well. Yeah. I'm going to have to be adding a whole lot of something. <laughs> Have you read uh, Miracle Brew by Pete Brown? Nope. 
So it's basically it's basically those four books you mentioned, but split into it's one book split into like big chapters, and it's put in layman's terms effectively. Okay. But he talks about going to uh, the uh, Bass Brewing, and there is some water there they won't let people try because it's just so it hasn't like gone through everything yet because you say it's on a well mm-hmm. um and he sneaks up and tries it and it's just vile but he makes it uh, at least readable to understand about water oh that's cool i mean the book i i usually tend to gravitate to towards because i tend to push all that stuff aside and just <laughs> go by the seat of my pants yep. is a, a book by Stan Haraminus called Brewing Local. I've got his hops book. I haven't had that one though. Look at that one. It's yep. honestly a really good book and it talks about a local ingredients that you can get to make beer. And he talks to local breweries that actually do the same thing. Nice. It's actually a really cool book. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where you find that one kind of groove at that moment in time when you're making beer and you, you, you take it for all it's worth until you're like, what do I need to change it up a little bit? So I don't get bored. And that's when I start getting into my books. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And brewing local has been one of those things where it's actually pushed me out of my comfort zone to try different things. Like I've actually made a, um, a Heather tip ale nice which turned out fantastic zero hops all mm-hmm. heather all heather tips nice we made a um <laughs> a we uh, a heather tipped we heavy french saison say, <laughs> say that again <laughs> a we heavy french saison we did it for um highlander because we thought it was hilarious a frenchman plays a scotsman <laughs> And his wife's name is Heather. So, <laughs> okay, like, why? <laughs> why? So, there's a fantastic home brewer out of the UK called Paul Crowther. He is on Twitter. He is at the Mad Brewery. He brews a lot of very nerdy beers. Yep. And so, he and I just push one another to like just silly extremes. And um, he was on the homebrew pub. And he was like, yeah, you've come up with recipes now that scare me. And it's like, good, let's go. So, <laughs> but that, right. I mean, I, I, I always return to this. And, you know, this is why I love talking to homebrewers um, on, on the podcast is there's no limits. Like, if you want to brew to style, yeah. be traditional, respect the Reinheitsgebot, if that's your jam. Absolutely, you're going to make some fantastic beers and you can be really imaginative within those realms. But then how I gravitate, and I think you do too, is like, how can I go absolutely insane with this while still making it drinkable? Because I love setting myself a challenge of what's something that no one would ever make commercially, but my friends are going to ask for. So I did that. My first go around, I made a Amarillo and Tangerine Pale Ale. Mm. And it could be fun. Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah. 5.5 on mm-hmm. the ABV uh, and around 32 on the IBU. Nice. And it's such a crushable 
summer beer. That would be delightful. Oh yeah. And that was one of those those four pound bags of puree from uh aseptic. Uh, okay. Nice. So five point five. I was just trying to work out how you kept the ABV that low if you got like four pounds of like fruit sugar in there. You gotta gear back on your green bill. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did a couple of quick calculations. I'm like, okay, so I'll take a pound here. I'll take a couple ounces there because it's going to get made up for this. Mm-hmm. I was aiming for a four and a half. I got a 5.5. It, it's fine. It's, 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 a, it's a percentage. It's not like it's not like, like maple bacon donut stout where it's gonna, yeah. supposed to be like 10%. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I am I like... I admit, I'm a bit of a mad hatter when it comes to certain mm-hmm. beers, but uh, I do believe certain beers are the beers you just don't fuck with. Yeah. I mean, you don't mess with um, like the like Berliner Weiss, you don't mess with Alt Beer or mm-hmm. Dunk or Dunkles or Schwartz beers or things like that. You just don't fuck with those. Well, because those beers are so technical. But not that they're technical, they're just so clean and pure. Yeah. And but, that, but that's what I mean. Like you gotta be very on top of your game to make those well. Mm-hmm. And the moment you try and um, you know, try and screw around with them, you're just gonna ruin that batch. Yeah. Like yeah. you've got to watch all of your temperatures all the time on that. You gotta make sure your additions are perfect. You gotta make sure that your yeast is perfectly healthy. Yeah. You gotta watch your temperature during fermentation. Like, you know, things that we don't necessarily have to worry about when like making, you know, your smash beer or your like heavily hopped IPA. Um, you know, it's it's a different ball game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always shake my head when I hear guys go, yeah, I've got this beer. It's got like almost 85 IBU. I'm like, why? <laughs> and and they, they answer back, why not? I'm like, good point. Touche. There's no argument. There's yeah. no argument. I've got no argument. But, but in my head, I'm like, are you wanting to suck on a pine cone? Or... <laughs> See, that would be my jam. <laughs> All right. I, I, I love I love a good hoppy beer. Like I am I my 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 father-in-law's fridge is constantly stocked with like double dry hot beers and I just oh. rush through those whenever you go around. I will say yeah. Colorado is still very much a hop head state, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Well, there's a wide variety here. I mean, between hop heads and non-hop heads and the guys in the middle, I tend to gravitate in the middle. I mean, yeah. I believe I mean, yeah. The, Dry hopping comes in handy when it comes to certain beers. We want to accentuate certain profiles and things like that. Then there's times where you just like, you know, half an ounce is all you need. Yeah. The, uh, the beer I was drinking uh, was literally one, one ounce at the beginning of the boil. That's all that nice. I think it was. If I remember, I want to say it was Centennial. Yeah. Um, that's the entire hop edition. Wow. And I so, think- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, the last time we spoke, I was working on that Guinness clone, which I just kegged. Um, and it's like two and a half ounce of fuggle again at the beginning of Boiler. Really? That's your entire hop edition. Nice, nice. So I'm just looking at the beer I just had tonight. I mean, I, I like, like I said, I haven't been able to get into my own garage and brewery to brew anything because we're trying to sell the house. And I'm looking at the can that I bought, and it's from a company called uh, Clifford. Okay. And they're saying this porter is a strong beer at, at 5.9. <laughs> and, 
in my head, I'm like, um, that's like, you know, any other generic beer you can get down the road. That, yeah, that's not even average for like no. Colorado right now. Yeah, I, I'm trying to see where, where is it brewed? Okay. It's Hamilton, Ontario. So Steel Town. Yeah. It was, okay. That's yeah. it's Coors, Coors, Miller, and Budweiser mm-hmm. Town. So there's a podcast that I shamelessly ripped off for the homebrew pub and like the imaginary pub kind of vibe. It's called Moon Under the Water Pod and it's uh, two British comedians building the perfect fictional pub and guests come in. But they talk about the beers they're drinking and I have to laugh because I, mate, last night I went out and I had a beer that was a whopping 5%. I couldn't do another, couldn't do another. I'm like, that's lunchtime beer so so it's there's still that there is still that divide between you know two countries separated by language and abv because you know right now seven percent is like yeah that's fine that's that's average that's not that strong i mean uh when i last time i went to the uk down into st andrews uh i brought some homebrew with me Mm -hmm. uh, to give to some friends and they're like, oh yeah, what's the eight, what's what's the alcohol content? Don't ask. Just 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 drink it. Just drink, just, it, just drink it. Just drink it and let me know what you think. Then I'll tell you. Yeah. And the uh, and, and I gave them like the small stubby bottles, like the yeah. three the three fifty fives. And they're like, oh, this is great. This is great. I'm like, okay, great. Do you want another one? Sure. So <laughs> I, I had brought half a case with me. In okay. My, in my golf bag well, uh, you're a good friend yeah. and they're like this is going down real easy okay don't stand up why you just crushed a 10 percent beer twice <laughs> they're like what yeah. yeah so a lot of my beer that i make tend to be a little bit on the heavy side when it comes to alcohol nice but you're you're up in the great white north like you need that extra oomph of heat yeah, you need that warmth that comes from ten percent. That's when I open a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I mean, come on! I I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I I I gotta say, I I did go through a period of making a lot of big beers, but I've kind of swung the other way to like lower ABV because um, I like being able to have a few in an evening. Oh, absolutely! And- I totally agree with you. Totally still totally wake agree. up so i i probably will make like uh this time i'll probably make like a eight plus percent ipa or something like that but um i think gone are my days of like 11 percent stouts and 13 percent mm. barley wines which are a lot of fun but i oh, don't yeah. drink them quick enough don't get me wrong i i love the big beers and i'm i'm trying to use my my uh five gallon casks that i have as often yeah. as possible so they don't dry out um, but yeah, I agree. The, there's only so many like 10% beers you can have. I mean, the Baltic Porter I made, my friends wiped me out of it, but two bottles that I kept, <laughs> kept on the side for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I still have a boatload. I have not boatload. I have maybe 12 bottles left of vanilla bourbon stout that I made. Oh, nice. And I made, uh, so I mean, 10 gallons of that. Yeah. And I only have 12 bottles left because everybody else like, oh, can we have some? (laughs) 
See, I'm I'm terrible because we I split a 33 gallon barrel with uh, two friends, and um, so we split the batches. And I know they still got like a ton of the beer that we made from last year, and uh, the beer we made for like this past set of holidays. And I just give mine out. I'm like, you like bourbon barrel aged stuff? Here you go, have a bottle or two. So. <laughs> They've still got like their collections. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm nearly out. Can I, can I grab a bottle from you? It's fine. Please, please, <laughs> please, please. please. So. I'm, I'm, I'm Indian giver. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that not, that's not, that's, that's totally in, politically incorrect to say that. Um, I'm going to get smacked for that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's got to be other turns for when you give a gift and you call it back. It's like, whatever. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, re-gifting. We'll say it's re-gifting. We'll call, we'll call you a re-gifting. Uh, we'll call it a re-gifting. So, so what's the next big crazy project you got coming down the pipe? Uh, next crazy project? Um, I don't know, really just honestly focusing on the homebrew pub. Um, mm -hmm. And then the next couple of beers I'm brewing are lagers. I do a lot of pressure fermenting so those isn't that great be, it is so great um so yeah it's uh that's that's really it i'm uh i i've just spent like i just did the guinness clone which was literally adding soured wort back into fermented wort which is like very scary so i've just got that kegged um so we'll see how that turns out uh but right now it's really just making sure i can reach out and Mm -hmm. Talk to some really cool homebrewers and yeah, have people on, have people at the pub. Awesome. So send me that your recipe for what we we're talking about and, uh, and I'll put that in the description. Guys, if you get a chance, please go and listen to the homebrew pub podcast. You will not be disappointed. Andrew is a great guy. Honestly, the one I enjoyed the most was the one you did with Denny. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's, he's hilarious. And if you can reach out to Stan Hieronymus, he'll come on. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, have, cool. I've, I've had Stan on my show. Oh, nice. I'll do that. Reach out to Stan. He'll, he'll, he'll definitely be on. And cool, uh, yeah, so uh, guys, go check out Andrew's show. It's a great, it's a great time. A lot of cool people on it. And uh, come on back. I hope to have you back sometime. We can just do another riff and just shoot the shit like we were doing tonight, pretty much. Yeah, that'd and, be awesome. And then it was a good time. So, guys, thanks a lot for coming out for a beer or two and a lot along the way. Uh, I'm Dan. He's Andrew. Hello. And and we'll both see you on the other side. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Mm -hmm.